Welcome to the Forging Honor Podcast. I'm Jonathan George. And I'm Benjamin Jones. Here at The Forge, we explore what it means to live as Christian men. Along the way, we'll be doing weekly challenges to build character through action. We are by no means experts, just two young Christian men trying to make sense of a wild world. That's right. We're doing our best to learn and hope you'll join us on the journey. And if you want to get directly involved, go to forginghonor.com to find information on how to join our community. This is episode 18, Everybody Talks. Everybody talks. Everybody. Okay. Everybody um, talks. All right. We gotta, uh, okay. That song so is young. kind of inappropriate, actually. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, did any of your conversations start with a whisper? It started with. A whisper. <laughs> 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 All right. Challenge wrap up time with that intro. Uh, challenges last for, as a reminder, challenges last for 10 days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. They are simple daily tasks to grow us as men. This previous challenge was to have uh, an intentional and, or we thought a better word might be deliberate conversation every day. Uh, and that's, that's with someone like even just like 10 minutes. Um, but someone that you're not necessarily, uh, um, like not your family, I guess. Someone you're not just constantly around, but like have that intentional deliberate conversation with a friend or call up someone that you haven't talked to in a while, something like that. Um, I think I hit nine of the 10 days. Um, I was looking over the Discord. I did actually record mine this time. I missed this Wednesday. I remember I didn't even leave my house Wednesday. Like I work from home. I didn't mm-hmm. leave my house. The only person I saw was my wife. I called three people. None of them picked up. But I was like, well, okay. <laughs> that's, you tried. That's it. You tried. Uh, what about you, Banjo? Uh, I think this is my best one yet. I think I was 10 for 10. Congratulations. Uh, Round of applause all around. <gasps> Yay. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, we should have like a little sound effect when we hit, when we hit 10 or like a, like a hammer hitting an anvil or something like that. I want a gong, like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I did have, I mean, so there were some, some conversations I had that weren't necessarily like, I didn't call somebody up, but I, I, it was somebody that I regularly talked to that I had a more deliberate conversation with. Where instead of being like, oh, just the regular, how are you doing? It was, look, we need to talk about this thing. Or, you know, I want to hear how you're doing look, in we, this area. We need to talk. We need to talk. Four, four worst words put together. Never never anything good after those. Um, so, yeah, I think I played around a little bit with the different kinds of deliberate conversations we had. We, you and I, of course, if folks haven't listened to it, uh, we've we had a very deliberate conversation that lasted for way too long with audio quality that was intermittent and rough but it was a fun conversation (laughs) we next time we do one of those we definitely need to up our audio quality yeah so if you want to check out that conversation uh and for a little little less buttoned up because we're super buttoned up on this show i mean we're very (laughs) we're very prim and proper (laughs) actually i am normally wearing button down at this time it's just i felt like a hoodie was the move this morning the air was cool nice yeah, so check out our bonus episode. Uh, Gigi, what, what were the different kinds of conversations that you had this week? Uh, kind of ran the gamut. Um, like you, I also had some conversations with folks I see more regularly that I counted as my deliberate conversation. Um, I think one of the main things was, yeah, moving, just a, a basic qualifier, moving beyond, hey, how are you? How are you? Fine. Okay, cool. And yeah. And into the, yeah, but 
really, how are you? Um, or asking a question about something that maybe that person's been thinking about and you want to learn more about just, just, just more to kind of scratch the surface. I think, I don't know what qualifies a deliberate conversation. I think, um, learning more about that person after that conversation Mm -hmm. probably is is a big qualifier. At least that's what it was in my mind. So I, I called, um, some family members I haven't seen in a while and I called some friends I haven't seen in a while. And a lot of that just was, was, yeah. How have you actually been? How are, how are things in life much more? Um, but I mean, that's, that's deliberate in the sense of like, I called them, but like, I think if you if you make a phone call, you're naturally already going to have a deliberate conversation most of the time. Um, so that which is nice. I don't know. I don't know how deep it gets. It doesn't necessarily get deep, but it's a it's deliberate. Um, I don't know what. Do yeah. You think of that? Well, I was I've been thinking about you know there's so many different ways that we can have a conversation these days. We can have it over text. We can have it over email. We can have a FaceTime. We can have you know whatever it is. We can have any number of. Oh, you may, you messed. Sorry, sorry. I, I'm I just. Up. Uh, he JJ has this rule. He's drinking the lemon water before he drinks the coffee, and I'm watching him on our little recording video, and I see a mischievous look in his eyes. It was like, an accident. I I naturally reach for the coffee, and then I realized the moment it hit, hit my mouth, I was like, oh no, that's not water. <laughs> it's the most guilty like water to go. It's the most guilty expression I've ever seen on hey, JJ's face. That'd be a good face. challenge, though. Like not something before coffee or something before coffee or yeah, or the 90 minute. No, not, not everyone drinks coffee though, but yeah, I mean something along those lines. Yeah. Something like that. Routine. Anyway, back, back to where we were. <laughs> There's so many different ways to have a conversation, you know, in, in, uh, in our life, um, that I, that I think it becomes just overwhelming. And if I'm, if I'm honest, like, there's something about text messages that just don't work for like what I would call a deliberate conversation. I mean, okay, they yes did in high no. school. High school was it, high school was the pinnacle time, or like early college, pinnacle time for a deliberate conversation over text. So I want to I want to stab back at that. Stab. I'm going to parry. I think. Okay, fine. I think at face value, yes, you are correct that in general in-person conversation is, is i mean in-person conversation is just the best or over the i mean in voice conversations is, I, I think, is what I'm i think in of. person is even better than oh for sure voice but at a minimum at a minimum yes I, I think i think there are definitely levels to the types of conversations you can have however i think text email etc offers some major advantages if you are truly having a thought out conversation a lot of people use text to just kind of fire back memes and blah, blah, blah. And that's fun. I, had, yeah. I have a ton of fun with that. Right. But if you're sitting down and you want to think through your thoughts, you write. You can write them out in real time. Right. And you can go back and say, well, you did say this. I did say this. Okay, what does that mean? And I think text, email, Discord, whatever you're using, has that one major advantage. I'm not saying it's the way to conduct any, any thoughtful long-term conversation. You know, you go on Twitter especially until recently when X, they were very late. Or, yeah, sorry, sorry, it's X, it's X, guys. Oh, no. um, I think this is what Prince, Prince's friends must have felt like immediately after he changed his name. Yeah, they're, they're just like, calling Prince. him Prince. X, it's X. Um, <laughs> but um, 
up until very recently when you everyone had short form. Now there's long form posts if you're a premium or what do they call it? Twitter blue, um, which I do. I do like that they've added that because it gets a little more well thought out. But the short form post like that, that was not designed at all for any type of delivery conversation. conversation. Yeah, it's just yeah. the opposite. But I think, yeah, texting, there's a time and a place for that. And I have a few friends, you included, where I have had those conversations where it's a little more like, okay, well, we've gone back and forth a little bit here and you can kind of see the progress of thought and maybe where one of our minds were changed or both or something. I don't know. I think that's... No, cool. I, I agree that it's cool. My, my tendency, maybe this is a personal qualm, but when I have those conversations online, I get very angry almost all of the time. Like when I can't see the person who I'm trying to debate with and, and things are getting like really intense. Well, it feels like it's getting really intense because I don't have like the, the, I don't I'm making up a term here, facial trust. Like I can't look at you or I can't see you. That's a good term you. though. I mean, it makes sense. I'm sure I mean, some psychologist has a real term for it. Yeah, probably one that works a little bit better. Well, but anyway, like I can't see the nonverbals and that, that makes me angry. That 100%. Um, I've experienced that at work where someone will ask a total normal question, but I interpret it as being passive aggressive because of yeah. the text. Like, yeah. And part of it is some folks use different words in their text than I would use. Right. And so, but like if they use that word in a conversation, it wouldn't even cross my mind. But because they've used it in text or they used a period and they didn't like. Or they didn't use a period. Or they didn't. Yeah. And and I mean, different generations have different rules for texting, which is right. very interesting. Um, so I'll interpret- are you the are like, you the old man who signs his, his uh, text messages no, uh, no, sincerely? No, no. I will Jonathan start Dirch. if it's someone I haven't texted in a while. I'll say, hey, this is Jonathan, just in case they've changed yeah. phones or something. Mm hmm. That's like the most I'll do. Otherwise, texting is very informal, right? And then, but if someone is like, every every message starts with "Hey Jonathan, thanks," you know, my name. Right. Like, I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> what are, what are you trying to tell me here? Um, and so that's part of it. Is I'll very I'll misinterpret that stuff, that generational stuff, very quickly. Right. Uh, so unless I know that that person regularly texts that way, which I I have some people in in my life like that who I've known a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately like, okay, what are they? What are they on about? What are, what's going on? Um, it's much more. E- you're exactly right. Very easy to to interpret emotion incorrectly. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the advantage that I'm saying it offers though is not the emotion side. It's the if you're if you're arguing facts and logic, um, then it's very clear cut. Okay, so but here's 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 where I'm gonna. Yeah, well, I don't know how much I want to push on this. Um, cause there's other things that I want to talk about, but I think, I think as, you know, as much as I love a good argument about facts, facts and logic, and I love a good argument about facts and logic, um, the, the problem with something like a, like a discord, like it's one thing if we were like Alexander Hamilton and John Jay, and we're going to write out essays, you know, and then they're going to be discussed in the public sphere, Totally. which those are essays, right? They're thought out. They're re-examined. They're they're drafted. They're undrafted, redrafted, um, versus something like a like a Discord post, right? Where you write it out once, maybe you reread it, and then you send it out. And immediately, every time I do that, every single time I do that, I realize that there was something in there that I misspelled, that I quoted wrong, that I I said 
just not quite right and it reverses my position. So that that's where um, you and I differ. I actually read my Discord messages before I send them. I back them get... up with articles. I, I'm 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 just saying <laughs> much better at the Discord conversation. Right. I, I, I forget you're <laughs> I forget you're a perfect digital native. Right, that's right. my bad. A perfect digital native. I don't know about that. <laughs> but but I think you do need and I think it's something that we're lacking more and more is the humanity in those conversations, you know, yes. is the, I, you know, you and I might disagree over, I don't know, some form of public policy, right? but I need to be able to see you in order to have that conversation because I need to recognize that you're a human being created in the image of God. You're an American. We're both on the same side of this flag, so to speak. Um, and any conversation that we have it is for the common right. good. And we forget that. No, that that makes sense. Um, I don't. I don't disagree with the sentiment of that. I definitely think that there's still a time and a place for the types of conversations that can be had in the um, online sphere, slightly more disconnected. Yeah. So let me let me ask us a a question that's going to make you very self conscious. Oh. Um, what's your what is your conversational style? How do you have a conversation? Conversational style. Yeah. I've never thought about that in my entire life. <laughs> You've found something better. What is my conversational style? So, so I'll start, and then, and then you'll, then uh, maybe you have something to play off. Of. Okay. So, I was homeschooled. You were homeschooled, yes. Yeah? Okay. So, about round about, about high school, all about one year, all about one year. Mm -hmm. So, round about high school, especially like senior year, I realized like, oh, I've got to go to college. I've got to mm -hmm. do these like competitive scholarships. I need to learn how to have a conversation. Like I need to put some thought into this. I don't necessarily have the social skills that most people do. You thought about um, how to have a conversation. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, and that, so my sorry. I go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. I'll no, no, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I guess I have thought about things not to do in a conversation, but that's pretty much it. Right. Well, so I had a couple of unfortunate tendencies when I was in conversation. I still have many of them. One of which is to quote pop culture references as if everyone in the room knew what I was talking about. Um, a big the faux other one, pas. No, <laughs> yeah. The other one is to just start doing stand up material. Um, just start go like when I was in high school, my conversational style was stand up comedian. The problem with that, I got a lot of laughs, but the problem with that is that nobody else participates. You know, it's yeah, just that's not me. conversation. It, it's a monologue, you know. Um, got me monologuing. There, I did what you do. <laughs> yes, it's great. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, yeah, so I have a monologue. And so um, one of the pieces of advice that I got going into um, one of the uh, uh, competitive scholarship weekends um, in college was be the one in the group that asks the question. Um, cause you know, you'll have in these yeah. scholarship groups, you'll have these groups of people and you know, the, the testers or, or right, whatever right. will ask the group a question. And generally the idea is everybody talks, everybody talks, everybody um, talks too much. Yes. Uh, and says, Oh, this is what I think. And this is my opinion. And this is, and so the advice that I got from somebody, um, was be the one who like turns to the person next to you or to the, the person who hasn't spoken yet and said, what do you think? You know, um, and I thought that was just, it was really good advice. Um, and so I started doing it more and more just in everyday conversations in, in an attempt to 
you know, for, for me in terms of conversational style, for me, it's a tennis match where each, the, the role of each person is to bring the other person into the conversation, bring the other person back into the conversation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think for some people, it's less about that. It's more like, it's more like fencing, you know, and it's more like, this is how I'm going to attack you. This is how I'm going to poke at you. And well, I'm there are th- conversations like that. I mean, we have conversations yeah. like that. Yeah. There's also but, a mutual base and understanding already though. Right. But there's some people where that's like every conversation they go into is yeah. let me poke at this person because the poke two things there. that you're, this is the, the two things that you're doing when you're in a conversation is you're showing the world who you are and you're learning more about other people, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, I think the thing about a deliberate conversation is that when you're having that conversation, that's happening between peers um, it, or it's at least happening between people who have agreed to do it. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. Like sometimes I have well, a conversation. Not, with not someone, necessarily like I agree to have a deliberate conversation with you in that right. sense. You mean it's not a formal invitation. You mean like you both um, kind of mentally and emotionally volunteered, volunteered for this. Right. You both know that you're playing tennis. Yes. You know, like you've had those conversations. I'm a very, I can be a very sarcastic person. Um, and so sometimes I've had conversations with people um, that are like sideways conversations where the per- the other person is talking to me and I'm kind of just making side snide remarks to someone who isn't there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or even if someone actually is there, I've definitely had conversations where it felt like I was just on the receiving end of like, here's the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, yes, yep. And then there's someone on the side, maybe I'm actually having a conversation with them and there's this other person talking to me. Right. That has definitely that's, happened to me. That's not a deliberate conversation. Yeah, yeah. But it's the kind of thing where you also need to be self-aware and say, am I that kind of conversationalist? You know, is, is this a thing that I do? Um, do I just jump into these conversations? I need to be self-aware off? about it. You need to be self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the royal you. Uh, I meant the, the self-directed a royal you. you. No, no, it's a royal you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what do you think about that? Do you, do you think you have a conversational style? Mine is mine tends to be late night show host. That tends so it's to be it's shifted default. that way. You're saying, yeah, you know, where it's in like the, in your early twenties, mid twenties now. Yeah, yeah. Now that I'm mature and totally <laughs> no, grown up, so mature. Uh, but yeah, it's, for me, it's like I, you you know you've come into my. I like to play the host. Uh, yeah. I want I want to be welcome into my space. Let me learn more about you. Here's a little bit about me. How do I make you feel comfortable? And so I ask a lot of questions. That's my default is ask a question or repeat the last thing that somebody said back to me because then they'll just keep going. It's great. I guess my, uh, I don't know about style, but my approach generally has been have a conversation, ask those basic questions, right? The small talk stuff, right? You, you got to have that even if you don't like it. Yeah. You know, what's your name? What's your blah, blah, blah. What's your favorite color? I don't, I don't know. Um, until you hit until like, basically if, if after about five minutes of talking to someone, we haven't found a point of mutual connection where we can both just start engaging. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that, that gear lock, that engage that, that moment of cool. We love this thing together and we can talk about it and we can enjoy it. And maybe even better, we have a slight point of disagreement on it. Enough that we both respect it, 
but enough that we both have that slight point. Of, I think that's one of the reasons I enjoy having conversations with you. Mm-hmm. Because we can jump in. We can quickly find something we mutually love or want to talk about. And then we can quickly find the one thing we disagree about. <laughs> and then we can hash it out, right? And that, that's what makes a conversation yeah. fun for me anyway. Um, and in, in my mind, a conversation in that sense is ultimately I want to walk away with knowing more about um, that, that, that particular interest that we both share. So you want to, you want to learn more about the interest? I, I think maybe so. I think because I think I view conversations, conversations that are beyond the small talk anyway, as an opportunity to learn something. Um, and maybe that something is just more about the other person, but I want that, like, if that something is just more about the other person, I want to, I want to benefit from that learning in some way. Right. Well, so maybe, yeah. maybe there's someone that has run a very successful business. Mm-hmm. So in that case, there's less of a, of a here, I disagree about how I run my business. Cause I don't, I haven't really run businesses bit, before. Um, yeah. well, actually that's false, but majorly successful businesses, like some people I know anyway. Um, so those, in, in that sense, I'm going to be asking a lot more questions and trying to find out more about that person's life to figure out, okay, what, what is it about them? Does that make sense? So, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to push it one step okay. further. First off, just a side note, I think the most common expression in our conversations, like if you were going to do like a word cloud, the biggest one that the biggest mutual one would be, it would be either, yeah, see, I don't think so, or <laughs> I don't know about that. See, that, that would be like the biggest one that comes up. Mine, mine might be, uh, that makes sense, but. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, that would be it. That, yeah, that makes sense. But I hear you, but I disagree. Um, the other thing is, I hear you, but I'm going to go one, one step farther. For me, it's not so much about, I'm not less interested about learning about the topic. I'm more interested in learning about the person. Um, because whenever somebody talks, they give you a wealth of information about them. Um, did you do it again? He drank no, the coffee No, I again. finished my lemon water. And oh, I can have okay. my coffee now. It's been 90 All minutes right. since I got up. So I'm so happy about it. It's a joyous occasion. Congrat- Congratulations. I'm, I'm glad you reached that. Um, no, but I like learning about the person. So uh, one of the things that I try to do is, you know, there are some people who are not interesting when they talk. And Sad but true. No, you know, nobody present at this conversation, um, uh-huh. but <laughs> you get comments, you know, listeners, you can make comments as you choose, you know, anyway, some people are not interesting when they talk, but I think it's interesting to find out why, why aren't they interesting? Because they, I think most people think that they're endlessly interesting. Well, except some people don't. I've talked to people that are like, I have nothing to contribute. And I feel that way in some conversations. But I think that's like individual conversations. I kind of, I feel like everyone has some domain in which I, they may not be an expert yet, I don't know, but they love something about that domain and they would love to talk about it. And so find find that that thing. Yeah. And I guess, so maybe, maybe the, the learning of that topic and learning about the person they're not mutually exclusive, I don't think, Ben. No. I no, just think no, that not. the way you get to know someone is you know what you find out what they love and what they love about it. Because just going in and asking, all right, yeah, what's your name? How old are you? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. Like those, that list of questions 
not going to get you anything. Well, it's going to get you some basic facts about the person. Right. Right. But it's not going to get you insights into that person and how they think. Right. So if you meet someone that's truly boring to have a conversation with, which I have met many of those folks, figuring out what they love, asking those questions usually usually starts with, for me, something like, well, what do you spend your time on? Okay, because whatever they spend their time on is what they love. And the answer, I've had some people, it's like, well, I really enjoy solving math equations. Well, that's just that's just great. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoy solving math equations, so that's kind of weird. Um, but I've met some folks that are that way where it's just like, you know, there's that awkwardness that comes with that type of personality sometimes. But as soon as you, you get a, them on the subject, they light up. They're off. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's still maybe awkward. And, and I've had conversations with folks who have various speech issues, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But like, that doesn't matter. If they love what they're talking about, suddenly that kind of melts away. Well, what I love is finding finding a question that nobody's asked a person yet. Oh, that's interesting. I like this that. Is, this is my favorite thing. So a lot of times, you know, I love movies. I'll ask, you know, what are your top three favorite movies? You know, what, what are the movies you like? And everybody says the same thing. Oh, you can't make me pick. You know, I can't. Yeah, you yeah. Know, this. And I'm like, okay, fine. So then my follow-up is always, what are your three least favorite movies? That's a good question. What are your three what are three movies you hate? And I love asking this question because first off, people go, Oh, like I haven't thought of that before. Let me think about that. And you can see you can see them like jump the track from like, oh, I you know, I've always been in this Mm -hmm. conversation to like, oh wait, I haven't thought about this before. And then within eight seconds, they have like, oh, well, there's this one movie that I saw that I I just one movie. What's the movie that you hate? I hate Pollyanna. I'm I've sorry. never seen Pollyanna. Pollyanna. I should clarify. Some people love that movie. I I don't understand why. I have problems with that film. There are aspects to it. I can see why it might be considered a good film. I can't mm-hmm. stand it. Mine is Captain Fantastic. I haven't seen that. I just I I really really don't like that movie. But that's for that's a different podcast yeah. for a different time. We should definitely do a three movies we hate episode. That would be, that would be fun. <laughs> so anyway, I like asking those questions. I like finding out like, okay, you know, what's the thing that you haven't thought of yet? Um, I like asking people like, um, what's the what's the biggest problem people aren't talking about right now? You know, what's the thing that politics? We, oh, we're talking about that. I think we I'm got sorry. that. <laughs> We're not talking about it enough. Um, the other thing is, and this is a little bit of a, a, a jumping tracks. Okay, first off, you've seen The Godfather, right? No. Oh my god! I'm sorry, it's been on the list to watch forever. Oh. It's such a long film how that I want to watch it with someone. I'm like, how do you want to watch it with me yet? So, how can you be doing a podcast about masculinity and you haven't seen The Godfather? Because Banjo, I don't believe that you have to have watched the godfather to be a man well i hear you but <laughs> you know what banjo <laughs> i th- i think i see what you're saying but did, see, did did any of the folks that came before the godfather were they men not in not in as full a way <laughs> you're saying that teddy roosevelt was less of a man than you are because no, no, no. I'm saying that Teddy Roosevelt would have been an even better man if he'd seen The Godfather. That's oh, all I'm saying. Oh, oh. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, The Godfather is great. If anyone hasn't seen it, do yourself a favor. Please watch it. We're going to have to do an episode on that. 
Um, or I'll write an article if JJ won't watch it. You can write um, an article. But there's there's a great um, there's this great theme that runs throughout the Godfather movies of um, of, of you know a man is able to control his emotions in in the presence of his enemies. You know, there's this there's this uh, classic scene where you know the gangsters um, of one side of New York show up and they meet with the gangsters from another side of New York and they're they're discussing a new deal that they want to make. And the Godfather, played by Marlon Brando, uh, isn't really saying anything. He's, he's like, nah, I don't really want to go for it. Um, but he's not saying much. And then his oldest son, you know, one of the one of the other gangsters who's like, he says something like, um, you know, you guys can make a lot of money off of this. And Sonny is like, well, of course we're gonna we we got plenty of money. What are you talking about? And like he flies off the handle and, and Marlon Brando, the Godfather, you know, he like shuts him down and then he turns to the other guys and he says, I, you know, I'm sorry, I, I overindulged my children, you know, and, and the feeling that, you know, the sentiment of the scene is, you know, whatever your true feelings are, when, when the stakes are on the table, you don't show them. Um, there's another movie that I love. I think I've mentioned it before. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, um, where it's about salesmen. Um, really like criminal salesmen who are selling, sorry, JJ, fake real estate. Um, oh. And yeah, I know. Um, but they're like, they're total crooks and they're just basically con men. And um, Al Pacino is one of the, is one of the, one of the guys doing this and he, his sale gets kind of blown apart. Uh, and, and he turns to the character who kind of ruined it for him. And he says, you never open your mouth until you know what the shot is. And I love that line. And I think about it a lot when I'm having a conversation because there's like sometimes where somebody is saying something that I'm like, I don't agree with that, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it yet because I don't think this is the right time and the right place. Right and I time, wanted to ask right place. You, Sorry, you go ahead. Well, I was gonna ask you, what do you, you know, is there, yeah, I think there's this male myth about like, we, we, we hold on to our emotions. We don't fly off the handle. We shouldn't do this. And it's a it's something that I value a lot. I really mm -hmm. place a high premium on, you know, don't don't speak until you're you're sure of the shot. Right. But I wanted is that wrong? Should I be more open? Should I be more well, aggressive? You know, um, a great author once said, uh, "Better to remain silent and appear a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt." Well said. So well said. I think that was Twain. Um, and you know, <laughs> Proverbs has lots to that effect as far as even someone who keeps silent is considered wise or even a mm -hmm. fool who keeps silent is considered wise. Um, and that was something, uh, I struggled with through high school was I always had to say my piece always, even right. today, I, I still feel that need a lot. Uh, I've tempered it by how I say my piece, I mm -hmm. think. Um, it's better to come in and have a well thought out last word than to have been the one speaking the entire conversation. Right. For example, uh, it's better to be asking questions and arrive at your conclusion through those questions. I mean, that's the, are you familiar with, um, platonic dialogue or the Socratic method? Socratic method. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I'm going to mix those up. It's Socratic method. What I think it was Plato. Well, Plato's writing the Socratic dialogue. You're right. So. There you go. Um, funny how that all gets jumbled up after not studying it for a year and a half, two years. 
but that uh, is my preferred style. I mean, yes. I would rather ask question and question and question. And, and people start to, to hate it. Point. They're like, and that's that's one thing. Someone that is constantly asking me questions, I'm like, okay, I want to know a little about a little bit about you. I've had mm-hmm. people where I ask them that question, and they immediately like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? Like, they won't even give an answer. Like, it's right. like they're hi- hiding something. It's like that. That's literally how it feels sometimes. Well, um, it's that's you know to go to the tennis analogy. A what you want is a good volley. Yes, as opposed to question, serve, boom, hits the back of the net, and then serve another question, boom, hit the back of the net. You want those questions to start coming back in a a good way eventually. And if and some people just refuse, they've they've latched onto the advice of always be the one asking questions, and they refuse to let anyone else ask the questions. Right, Um, right, because conversation is an art; it's not a science. There's there's brush strokes, not formulas. And then there's also, you know, I have some friends, everybody has that friend who he's always silent. And the moment he opens his mouth, the whole room goes quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I have never once in my life been that friend. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's kind of, you can do it in, in your own conversation pretty quickly, pretty easily. Even if mm-hmm. you're around people you've known a long time, you sit in silence for an hour like that person does. And then you open your mouth and suddenly everyone's like, whoa, he's speaking. Um, and everybody thinks I'm angry. Yeah, I'm that's true. Everyone thinks angry. I'm angry when I'm not talking. Um, <laughs> although I, I, I've tried to temper that. That said, kind of going back to your question about not showing your emotion in that, and then also the being being silent. And there's there's also a principle uh, in sales about the first one to um, name the price loses. Right. Right. That's a big deal. Uh, and in my experience, it's true. Uh, because as soon as the other person knows the court they're operating in, now they have the advantage, right? Or they've, you, you've, you've shown, you've shown your cards first. Exactly. It's not good. My other favorite rule in relation to that is if you're having a debate, mm-hmm. the, the first party to bring up Hitler loses. That's funny. I haven't heard that one. I have heard, I mean, you have to define your terms. That's a very common thing in debate. Whoever mm-hmm. defines the terms is going to win. So I've had entire debates debating over a term. We don't even right. get to the discussion. Right. Um, because because both parties know that the entire argument rests on that definition. Right. Which is indicative of if you disagree on that definition, you probably disagree on a lot more. Um, did you do debate or anything I in did. high school? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, me um, too. What was I in? I was in STOA, which is – were you in CAA? Mm-hmm. I did both. You did I, both. Our our club switched about halfway through. Oh, my, interesting. My year. So, what kind of debates did you do? I did um, uh, oh, the team policy debates. Okay, I, I did and then I did policy. a lot of I did a lot of speeches. Did a lot. Um, I didn't do very many speeches. I did. Yeah, I did the duo. I did. I forget what the names were. Drama. I did a, one of the comedies, and then I did apologetics one year. Yeah. Which was fun, and I did Mars Hill one year, which I have I have strong opinions about Mars Hill, and I don't like it. And oh, interesting. Get into that. You know, I did Mars Hill as as well once. That I, I remember doing it, and I felt kind of miserable doing it. I liked. I did team policy. I also did individual policy, which is fun. Um, yeah, it's team policy in a shorter format. It's just one person. Um, I did Lincoln Douglas a couple times. That was I mostly did team policy though. It's about half the audience right now going what on earth are they talking about it's just different forms of structured debate um, yeah you can dig into what they are some have two people some have one some have five minutes some are seven minutes you know they're all different it's a whole thing anyway 
point being, yeah, speech and debate, you go through a lot of this about how to have that conversation. But I think one of the flaws of that, and one of the flaws of all these rules, which is kind of where I'm going with some of this, is it takes away, or if you if you subscribe to the rules as if they are law, it takes away the organic side of the conversation. And it turns mm-hmm. into, I'm going to beat you down with a hammer because I have an argument and I'm going to win. Because that's what speech and debate is, right? It's right. convincing the judge, whoever's listening to your debate, that you are right and the other person is wrong. Well, I was just thinking about this this week because I was watching uh, – I watched the Republican primary debate um, and I watched – Are those uh, happening already? The primaries, yeah. Oh. Not not general election. Yeah, because that's next year. Anyway, I clearly keep up very well. Yes, yes, you're well-read. Uh, anyway, uh, so as JJ definitely knows, there are eight primary candidates – well, nine primary candidates. I there, there were like eight, three. No, that's for the Democrats. Democrats have three. Oh. Republicans have like, yeah. I can only name maybe two, maybe four uh, on the Republican side. That I it's heard. kind of like the Democrats are the DCEU. They have like three major franchises that kind of are working out for them. <laughs> and and the, the, Republicans. the Republicans are like Marvel. They're just like, we're going to keep cranking them out. One of them's going to work. Um, so the, the Republicans. <laughs> that is the best <laughs> for politics I've ever heard. That's how it feels. That is how it feels. Um, well, Thanos was on a separate channel. Thanos didn't participate in oh, the debates. Wait, you're that's funny. Yep. You're putting him as Thanos. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that works. I'm going to stick with that. Thanos, Thanos is purple. Eh, it's like the opposite of orange, right? Um, they are pretty garish together. Yes. colors go. But anyway, Thanos went over onto a different channel, didn't participate in the debates. Um, the rest of the Avengers um, and sundry characters showed up. Maybe the Guardians of the Galaxy um, showed up to have a, a debate. I like sticking with the with the Marvel villains theme. So you've got with the Marvel villains. So Loki's in the middle. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, no, but they had this debate, and it's one of those things uh, where you're watching it, and especially I think if you if you've done something like STOA or NCAA and you like have these like expectations of like, this is a debate and this is how this works. It's extremely disappointing. Um, You're so right. You're so right. I came of voting age right before, um, I guess it would have been Trump was still in off. It was right before Biden, Trump. Thanos. Yeah. Excuse me. However you want to put it. (laughs) Well, and then on the DC side, I don't know who, who he would be. I don't know. Lex Luthor? Sure. Actually, a little, he kind of <laughs> old Lex Luthor. <laughs> um, anyway, this is, this is not, this is not great political commentary, but I remember, <laughs> I remember sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to be able to vote in this presidential election. Great. Right. I'm going to watch gonna these pay, debates, blah, blah, yep. blah. I'm going to have a pro con. I am side. so disappointed. I don't even, yeah. I, yeah. all I want to do is not vote for anyone right now. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, this is the thing because you're looking at it and I, I'm watching these debates and you know, I'm looking for all the things that you look for when you're watching a debate. You know, you're looking for this is my argument. Hold up your STOA list, your NCAA that's, list. Like check that's these right. boxes. Yeah. I'm like, I want to see that you're respecting the rules. Right. I want to see that you're listening to the other candidates. Mm-hmm. I want to see that you're interacting with arguments um, and that you're keeping opinions to a min- minimum. None, no one can do that. It's, debate de- debating in America is this is my. This is my three-second, ten-word answer, 
and this is your three second 10 word answer. And I'm going to say mine, if I can say mine louder and faster and than more you say yours and more times, then I win, I win the debate, right? It's all it's, about how, and if you listen to any of the commentary afterwards, it's always, well, yeah, uh, Loki looked great. I thought Hawkeye got in a couple of good punches and, uh, you know, it's like they're trying to do yeah. like a boxing commentary, you know, and it's about as well choreographed as a Marvel fight. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> that is, that was such an insult to everyone involved here. <laughs> so, but it's like, but this is what we think a conversation looks like. You know, this is what we think an argument about policy looks like. And what's what's dangerous now and i think you know we mentioned neil postman's amusing ourselves to death in our bonus episode neil postman's argument is when we make politics entertaining this is what we get and well it has happened i mean i i think so anyway i think there's it's not surprising that we have someone who was a former reality tv star um who was in office you know i think that's just kind of indicative of where we're at um and it leads to this zero sum game of well did you did you say this because if you said this then you're a bad guy right or, or did you refuse to say this because if you refuse to say this then you're a bad person mm-hmm. you know but it, again it gets back to that conversation piece where if it's a tennis match if i say something wrong you've done this before where you jj have said something and then i've responded to it and you go whoa 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 whoa, whoa. you can't say that and then i go what did i say and you said well you said this and i go Oh, I see why I'm, you know, I see how that was a mistake. This is what I meant to say, right? Mm -hmm. This is the idea and this is why it was wrong. And then you go, okay, I see what you're getting at. What you said initially was still wrong, but let me respond to the second part of that. That's a lot more nuanced than we're allowed to get. It's a little more intelligent, I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, you're not, you know, this is the first time this is going to be said on the podcast. So, you know, maybe oh. take out a highlighter. I was listening to Jordan Peterson the other day. Yeah. He yeah. was. Dear yeah, listener. Hold, yeah. We're, trust me, we're, we're going to get to a whole thing on that, but it'll be an intelligent conversation. And it okay, that's it good. Will not it won't be, be a screaming match. Yes. Um, and, and I think it might be pleasant. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway. One of the things that he said that I thought was interesting is, you know, he's talking about um, the problem of evil and the, um, especially in the nuclear age, you know, he was talking about you know, some nuclear anxieties that he had and he was saying, you know, what does this mean for ethics for, for us, for everyday people? Right. And his argument was essentially that living in a nuclear age in in the 21st century means that every single person needs to be excellent in their ethics that Mm. we can't just leave it up to the people who are at the highest level who who have their finger on the trigger right but but the course of 21st century has shown us that civilization is dependent upon ordinary citizens and for it's dependent on ordinary citizens who have well-established ethical standards that's a very greek idea right and so you know that's something that i I well it's a very western idea as well i mean yeah well because it's very individual every individual must right have good ethics right um as opposed to every social group right you know which Um, that's where we've turned a little bit where if you now say i'm part of this social group you suddenly have the ethics of that entire group 
And what's interesting is, and this is getting a little far afield, but it's an interesting point, so I want to make it. Um, what's interesting is we talk a lot about American hyper-individuality, and I, th I think that's a misnomer because okay. I, think, I think we're less individualistic than we need to be in America because our, I think our individualism, what we call individualism, is actually identifying with the group. The way that we express our, the way yes. that we express that I'm an individual is, well, I'm a this, I'm a that. Well, it, and I, I think it robs us of the actual ethical responsibility of doing things. It's like the, like the teenage kid who says, I'm a rebel, therefore I'm going to do this thing that all the other rebels do. I'm a rebel, so I'm wearing my Converse shoes and my ripped up jeans. Yeah, well, yeah, just Every like everybody kid, else. Yeah. You know, so, but he's like, no, I, I'm my own man. But yeah. we have that through our society. I do think, and this is interesting, you know, one of the markers of um, kind of later stage civilization is, is the ability to hold kind of two contrasting ideas in your head. Right. Just without even questioning it. It's, it's what liberal education allows you to do. Exactly. Well, you have the, so you have that, the idea of, I am part of this community. I have this identity in this community. And I am a hyper individual responsible for all my own, blah, blah, blah. And somehow those two ideas are being held in folks' heads. And I mean, I do this to some extent too. Mm -hmm. And and that's part of the Christian walk, I think, is figuring that balance out. But I think it's a balance. It shouldn't be a conflict. Well, right. Because in that the church, sense? absolutely. Because the, ch the church is this great example where in, in the church you have, you have the body of Christ. But yes. what is the body of Christ made yes. up of? It's individual believers, Right. And, and the, the process of that is this is who you once were, right. And this is who you now are. And what's most important to me in that is, you know, Paul says in, in Philippians is to be of one, to be of one mind. Right. And, and he's not saying be of Paul's mind or be of your pastor's right. mind, be of the mind of Christ. Mm. Um, and, and that means, you know, we're not going to be a cookie cutter group who right. you know when you turn 12 you do this when you turn 14 you do this when you, mm -hmm. turn, you know instead it's you have a particular set of limitations you have a particular set of things mm -hmm. and within that how do you live out what christ has called you to right and that's extremely individual but it has to be done in this community so christianity insists upon individuals who live in community not individuals who are only that their only identity is the community mm -hmm. their identity is in christ right which is, which is different well it's, it's the great balance of i have individual responsibility for my own actions that's very mm -hmm. clear in scripture mm -hmm. also all of the world's sins are placed on christ all of the right. sins are placed on christ yeah so those are two those are Radically two ideas you got to figure out and the way I mean, the way i think about it is kind of what you just said um, in terms of the body, but the way I phrased it in my own mind before is I, as an individual, have responsibility over my own life. I have a responsibility to my family, et cetera, right? I've got, I've got things I got to mm -hmm. do, but we're mm -hmm. all working towards the same goal, right? Right. We're all working to become more like Christ. We're all working towards godliness. And our and, goal is already accomplished. Correct. So a, that's, that's right. another question, another whole thing about the already and the not yet, but that's, that's a different conversation right. to be had. <laughs> um, the point being... I think it's a very Christian thing to wrestle with these issues, but I think when it gets boiled down to 
I am part of this identity group. Therefore, I believe these things, right? right. If I could boil all of Christianity down to, I'm a Christian, therefore this. Right. Um, I, I, I don't think that that would become an ideology rather than a, a theology, the, the truth rather than theology. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that all theology is truth, but I do think Christianity is truth. It's the true theology. Anyway. Well, I think it's the, it's something that we need to be aware of because I think the tendency is to say, you know, you know, um, you know, Paul says, I think in Galatians, you know, if, if anyone comes to you preaching any other gospel, even if he's an angel, you know, let right. him be accursed. And I, I think we got to be really careful about that. You know, we need to be on guard for that in the, in the church. And I think one of the ways that we stay on guard with that is having conversations like this, Absolutely. where we say, is, is that, does this match, right? Does this, does this center hold? And the other thing is, you know, we need to, we need to guard the church from um, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. And I, what I don't mean by that is we need to be like keeping out outsiders. Right. But, well, there's but a difference I mean between is, a wolf in sheep's clothing and an actual wolf. And the biggest thing with that for me is like elders and pastors yeah. who are saying, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, I want to lead, but really are manipulating and taking advantage and mm -hmm. preaching a different gospel. Um, and I think the way that we get to know somebody, and this isn't hard and fast because, you know, manipulators manipulate in all forms, but mm -hmm. we need to know conversations, right? We need right. to have conversations with our leaders and we need to say, mm -hmm. you know, is, is this true of you? And we need to be able to have conversations with our fellow members of the body of Christ, if only so that we can say, it seems like you're not doing well. It seems right. like you're being taken advantage of. Can we talk about that? You know, we need to be looking out for one another mm -hmm. um, and not ruling over one another, but, but looking out for one another. Absolutely. And that's where those even short, deliberate conversations come in. That's what that mm -hmm. sounds like. Well, that's what you're saying. Yeah. And I think, you know, these are short daily tasks, right? That right. You don't have to spend an hour hashing out over everything we've yeah. just hashed out. Yeah. But, but the conversational element, and I think in person is pretty fundamental to it, to a society. And I, and as the Muppets once said, is it a dying art? Well, and <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there's a whole, there's a whole nother conversation to be had about the in-person versus online video versus voice, et cetera. Uh, we don't have time for that right now. Um, but that could be another challenge at some point working through some of that because we just specified deliberate conversation with this, just hearing a voice. Yeah. Um, what if it was meet in person over coffee right. or something? Yeah, that's know. a whole different thing. Yeah. And that could be an interesting comparison at some point. Yeah. And maybe one last, thing before we wrap up this part of the episode, but, um, you know, I mentioned, I think Malcolm Gladwell's talking to strangers, um, which is a book that he wrote a couple of, a little while ago now. But one of the things that he was looking at in that book is he was interested in, in, um, mass, not mass shootings, but, but, um, uh, um, police brutality shootings, or, you know, some of these things that kind of triggered a lot mm -hmm. of the riots that we've seen. Um, and, you know, he had kind of seen both of the issues where, you know, the kind of the stump speeches of, well, it's, it's all the police officers fault, all, you know, it's all the, the other person's fault. And he found both of these dissatisfying. And so he right. started this, 
this process of kind of examining the whole thing. And the thing that he started looking at is in a lot of the cases where things went bad, what, what ended up happening is that people failed to have a conversation um, or they misinterpreted an element of the conversation um, and they made an assumption or they uh, misinterpreted or, you know, they hadn't practiced that skill. Um, and so uh, his, his plea his, or his argument at the end of the book was, you know, we need to get better at talking to strangers um, because if we start to get some of these skills back that we've lost as a society, right. we can bring down some of these tragedies that have really been plaguing us for the last couple of years. I, th I, I think he's not wrong. I would have to read the book to have a better analysis, but I think he's not wrong on, on what you just said. Yeah, good read. Recommend it. Very good. On that good case, conversation. Go have some good conversations with folks you know or maybe don't know or folks you haven't talked to in a while. All right, next challenge. As a reminder, challenges last for 10 days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. They're simple daily tasks to grow us as men. This next one is one that has been, I don't know, it's made the news plenty of times and plenty of folks do it. But it's one that uh, I started trying to do more recently and thought I'd share with the group. Uh, and if you haven't done it before, then I'm looking forward to everyone suffering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, uh, it's it's cold water. Uh, that's the challenge. It may, might mean a cold shower, might mean getting an actual ice bath if you have that ability. Uh, it might mean uh, yeah, just getting as much cold water in your bathtub as possible. Uh, for me, it has meant I have a nice, very cold creek. It's spring-fed, so it's nice and chilly um, in my backyard. So after my runs, I go get in that. Um, so whatever whatever it means for you, cold water every day. Um, and that that's like... I think the one qualification is it's not like your toe in the cold water. It's like get your body it's a in. full body um, plunge, full body, um, which can be accomplished in the shower. It could be done when you first wake up. It could be done after a workout. Um, but get fully into cold water every day. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. Very simple. I, I don't really have a time limit on it. I think just however long your showers last. I do set a timer if I'm just going to be lying in the creek because otherwise I get too comfortable in there. And I'm, I'm lying there. This is this is a point where you and I disagree. <laughs> yeah. Well, after the after the first minute, you go you go totally numb. When yeah. You're just lying there. You don't feel anything. And my creek, I can see up, and there's trees, and there's birds, and it's just so peaceful. And he's comfortably numb. Yes, very much so. Like yeah. much of society. I uh, I what I will probably do something I did in high school for a while. I haven't haven't or college. I guess I did it in college too. Um, but I like to take a hot shower and then for the last about minute, go yeah. completely cold and then finish up with like a, a quick, like 30 seconds of hot. Yeah. And that's a really good, I like seeing how long I can go in the cold water, which is not very long. Um, Ooh, here's a question. Do cryo chambers count? If I want to go get a cryo oh, freeze from that. Well, it's not cold water. It's not cold water, but it is cold. I've never done a cryo chamber. Did you not do it with me? No, you had oh. to do it. I did it a couple of yeah, times. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's a scene, man. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things I would definitely try at some point. I have no idea if there are any even near me. I'm sure someone. I think so. Probably. probably. Anyway, um, maybe not this time. Maybe not this challenge. Well, the, the thing to be watching out for, the things that I get from it are 
I mean, do you find it invigorating at all? Or is it something that you would want to continue doing? And then um, kind of compare if it's something where you're like lying in cold water. I think one of the things that's interesting for me is, yes, I feel very physically good afterwards, but I think there's a mental component too. So that's something I want folks to be thinking about as we do this. Yeah, and for, I've, when I've done this before, the, the reason I've done it is it's a way to find a little bit of like micro stress in the day. You know, it's one of those mm, things that, where it's that's, like, that's cool. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't want to do this. I don't enjoy doing this. This is difficult for me. And it's just a little thing where it's like, well, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to do it. And that's a good, it's a good mental habit to get into because it totally. gives you other, gives you the strength to do it in other areas. Yeah. I think this is going to be fun. Again, a lot of folks may have done this. It's been around for, I mean, a very long time. Um, but it's something that we get to do now together. So it's our turn. This has been the Forging Honor Podcast. Music and production is by Elliot George. For more information about what we do or to learn how to get involved, visit our website at forginghonor.com. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, subscribe, and give us a rating to bring others into the Forging Honor journey. On our website, you'll find information on how to do the challenges alongside us, as well as links to the many resources we mentioned in the show. And we do make a small amount from any purchases you make through our website links, so thank you in advance. Thanks for taking the time with us today. We hope you'll take up the work alongside us and join us in the task of forging honor. We'll see you next time.